Top three items on today's Cigar Dave show. Final premium cigar import numbers are in for 2021. It was a record year. First Bidenflation, now shrinkflation. And drama queen Cory Booker's performance during Katanji Brown Jackson's Senate confirmation hearing results in master thespian Sir Davidus Generalis making another appearance. The Cigar Dave Show is presented by Davidoff of Geneva and their Avo portfolio of cigars, including the Avo Heritage. Crafted through centuries of tradition, Avo Heritage was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar with strength, complexity, and impeccable smoothness. Savor every note of the spice-laden Avo Heritage, available at DavidoffGeneva.com. And by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the new Gurkha Revenant, the five-country fusion of exceptionally aged tobaccos will immediately jumpstart your senses for a cigar journey that only Gurkha can deliver. Offered in both Corojo and Maduro presentations. Fire up a new Gurkha Revenant today. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. This is the Cigar Dave Show with the General. Well, President Biden still in office, Kamala Harris still the VP, and the world continues to go to shit. But the good news is that your global five-star general and alpha male-in-chief is here to bring you a respite from the inflation, from the war, from all the other nonsense going on across the globe due to a very weak American commander-in-chief with no leadership whatsoever on the world stage. As you know, this would not have happened if 45 was still around. Long-ash greetings and salutations. A long-ash snappy salute. Semper delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Save America. And as always, make sure you have cigar and libation at hand because if there's any time, to light and to sip and to enjoy alpha male pleasure maneuvers, I would say this would be the right time. First up, let us talk about what is going on in the world of cigars. I told you a while back we had the numbers for premium cigar imports through the end of November, and they were huge. We have the final numbers from the Cigar Association of America in terms of the total number of premium hand-rolled cigars imported into the United States. Now, let me just say that just because the cigars are imported does not translate to sales. However, because the cigar manufacturers have been running virtually on a just-in-time inventory over the last two years, where basically as soon as those cigars come in, they go out almost the same day. They just have not been able to keep pace. So the, the import numbers are virtually identical with sales numbers. That has not always been the case in previous years. But here are the numbers, final numbers for 2021. 456 million premium handmade cigars shipped to the United States, according to the Cigar Association of America. That is up 25.3% over 2020. All three cigar-producing nations, the major cigar-producing nations, 
posted big, big increases. Nicaragua, number one in terms of cigars exported to the uh, United States, shipped 240.9 million handmade cigars in 2021, up 29.4% over the previous year. The Dominican Republic posted a gain of 22.5%. They shipped just under 130 million cigars. And Honduras shipped 84.2 million cigars, an increase of 18%. What's interesting is, in previous years, the Dominican Republic was always number one, followed by, at one time, Honduras, and then Nicaragua way behind. That dynamic has changed. We've seen that changed over the last 10 years. Nicaragua, far and away, number one. I mean, they exceeded the Dominican Republic in terms of the number of cigars exported to the United States by almost 110 million, just over 110 million cigars. Huge. So Nicaragua, number one, Dominican, number two, Honduras, number three. I've spoken to numerous retailers across the country, in Florida, in Maryland, in New York, in the People's Republic of California, in Missouri. They have all told me the same thing. Business has been spectacular starting with the Wuhan virus pandemic. Right after that, when they were able to open up and ship, business has been great going back to 2020. And I've told you why. When people have had to work from home, when they no longer went into the office, they were working remotely, they could work from their man cave, from their basement, from their cigar lounge, from their outdoor patio. Instead of smoking one, two cigars a week, now you could light a cigar during the day. You wanted a glass of wine or a single malt scotch in the afternoon while you're working? No problem. Who's going to say no? Not only has the cigar industry boomed, so too the premium spirits industry. Good luck trying to find some of your favorite single malt scotch, some of your favorite bourbons, some of your favorite ports, your favorite cognacs, even tequila. Everywhere you look, brown spirits have been through the roof. Now, in terms of comparing the 2021 numbers to past numbers of premium cigars, let's take a look back at in the days of the, before the cigar boom. Between 1977 and around 1992, annual premium cigar imports ranged between 73 and 103 million cigars. In the mid-90s, we saw a huge renaissance. We saw the cigar boom, as you will. In fact, it coincided right around the start of the predecessor of the Cigar Dave show. Smoke this. When I started the show July 8, 1995, one hour in Tampa. Why? Because cigars were increasing in popularity. We started to see a rise in cigar dinners and cigar events, cigar evenings. We started seeing younger people smoking cigars. Same thing with the rise in premium spirits. We went back to what was popular back in the 50s and 60s. And so the import numbers started to increase. So right around the mid-90s, where cigar imports started to jump to about 135 million cigars in 1995, when I started the predecessor to the Cigar Dave show, the next year went from 135 million to 243 million, 1996, and the peak was 1997, 418 million cigars. 
And then it started to dip back. What happened was we had all these premium cigars imported, many which we called Don Garbage cigars. They weren't aged, they weren't good, but there was such a demand that people would buy anything on the shelf. Well, once all of a sudden the established manufacturer had aged cigars, cigars, brand names that you knew, that you enjoyed, people didn't want to go to the Don Garbage. They went back to the cigars that were the tried and true brands that were properly aged. And so we started to see demand, or really demand uh, catching up with the excess supply. And then it started to taper down a little bit. We saw the numbers starting to ease back, but still over triple the numbers prior to the boom in 1993, 94, 95, 96. So we saw cigar sales on average, around 330 million cigars. And then, of course, during the pandemic, boom, started to increase. Last year, the record number 456 million, the best year in the last 30 years for premium cigars. And I remember when I started the show in 1995, I had people say to me, well, what are you going to do when the cigar boom ends? I said, the popularity of cigars is here to stay because the people that are enjoying cigars now are younger. They're in their 20s, they're in their 30s, they're in their 40s. At one time, Stanford Newman, may he rest in peace, the longtime chairman, CEO of J.C. Newman Cigars, said to me, the only people that used to smoke cigars were old men. That changed. Now we have younger men, we have younger women, we have every socioeconomic class, we have every religion, we have every race. It is the large, I believe it's the largest melting pot of, of any hobby that one can have. And so when we look at, at premium cigars today, even though they tapered off, they never went back to pre-boom levels. They were still 300% greater than pre-boom levels. And now what we're seeing is an even larger increase. And this is not going to go away. Do I think we're going to keep growing at 20 30% in terms of the number of premium cigars being sold and imported? No, that's not going to happen. In fact, many of the manufacturers I've spoken to said, look, we now are able to keep up. When you are literally in a state of constant back order, that's not good for cigar manufacturers. It's not good for retailers. It's not good for you and I as, con as consumers and connoisseurs. But now we have an equilibrium. They believe that the industry will still grow, but a reasonable number, maybe 4 or 5%. And coming off of two years of growth of roughly 40 50%, all the manufacturers say that is a healthy thing for the industry. So cigar imports booming, premium cigars more popular than ever, not going away. Something else that is not going away is inflation. If anybody believes what the Fed has come out and what Biden is pushing, saying, oh, inflation's going to be moderating to 2%, 3% this year, they are lying. Just when they, the same as when they told you a year ago that inflation was transitory. We'd never heard that word before. Inflation is just transitory meaning it's just here for a very short time. It's not going to be here for a long time. Just a short time supply chain issue. We all knew that was bullshit. When Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Fed, said that, and Janet Yellen, the secretary of the Treasury, regurgitated that, I said at the time, inflation's not transitory. 
It is here to stay. When you flood the economy with massive amounts of monetary liquidity, when you have 0% interest rates, when you're doling out free money because of the Wuhan virus pandemic, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to have more money chasing fewer goods. Even Baron, Baron, come here. I know you're not happy. You can hear Pendragon's Royal Baron. Baron, come. Even Pendragon's Royal Baron gets very upset when I start talking about inflation. So everybody's pissed about paying more for your meat, more for your groceries, more for your gas, more for everything. Right, Baron? Baron is not happy. He's giving me this look. He is not happy. I'm not happy. We're not happy. You're not. Nobody's happy. And so now what we see is that the Fed keeps saying it's just going to be a short period of time, then it'll normalize. It's not going to normalize. Do you think we're going to see deflation this year? Next year, not going to happen. What we will see, though, is continued inflation. We will see a softening economy. We'll get into stagflation. We will have a recession sometime later this year, maybe third quarter, maybe fourth quarter. It will happen. And when you see the cost of everything, go into a supermarket. People that tell me they used to spend 100 bucks, no matter what they bought, it's now 150 160 180 You see the price at the pump through the roof. And don't let Biden and the Biden regime tell you it's because of Putin. It's Putinflation. It's Bidenflation. This week... And I, by the way, over the last year, I have told you about the price I pay for brisket at Costco. I buy premium a USDA uh, a prime packer briskets. I was paying back December of 2020 $1.69 a pound, maybe $1.79. Right after Biden comes in office within a few weeks, $1.99. Then it just kept going up. It's now $4.79, $4.89 a pound. It's gone through the roof. Now, if you're a barbecue restaurant, it's going to cost you more to make those uh, barbecue briskets and your barbecue sandwiches, brisket by the pound. Here's a perfect example to share with you. And let's face it, those of us that are alphas, we are carnivores. We love barbecue. We love our steaks. We love our barbecue ribs. We love our barbecue brisket. We love anything barbecue. Low and slow. Thursday on Fox and Friends, the morning show. Steve Ducey, the one of the three co-hosts, asked the owner, Jerry Rushelback, the owner of Arthur Bryant's Barbecue in Kansas City, Missouri, about the price hikes of his brisket, barbecue brisket sandwich. Take a listen to the price increases. Everything we do here at Arthur Bryant's is big. Our brisket sandwich and our burn ends are served at 12 ounces, three quarters of a pound. A couple months ago, we were at 10.95. We went up to 14.95. Now we're at 17.95. And as the price went up, so did uh, customers uh, being upset, and rightly so. The cost of a barbecue brisket sandwich at Arthur Bryant's Barbecue in Kansas City is up almost 80%. Now think about it. Who's going to get the brunt of that? Of course, the servers. Why are you guys raising your prices? Well, anybody that asks that question is living under a rock. 
They, you absolutely, everybody knows why prices are increasing. The cost of raw materials is increasing. Again, the cost of brisket has gone up from a buck sixty-nine, a buck seventy-nine a year ago now to four seventy-nine. It's over. It's up almost three hundred percent. So a sandwich, twelve ounces of brisket, almost a full pound, is now eighteen bucks. And remember, you buy that brisket for let's say four, four and a half, four eighty a pound. But they have to trim that brisket. There's a lot of fat on there. By the time they're done trimming, they lose about 30% of the yield. So that adds 30% to the price. So now instead of, say, $4.80 a pound, now you're looking over 6 bucks a pound. Now, of course, you have to smoke the brisket. Usually that's an 18-hour process. That's time-consuming. You have to have people doing it. So by the time you're done and you look at the cost of goods sold, increased wages, increased expenses... Of course the cost is going to go up. So think about this. In one year, I don't need the, the Fed to come out and tell me, this is the consumer price index. Food is only up 7%. They're lying. All the numbers they give you saying inflation is only up 9%, they exclude all sorts of items. All you need to do is go to Arthur Bryan's Barbecue. Maybe the Secretary of the Treasury. Maybe the Chairman of the Fed, Jay Powell should take a field trip to Arthur Bryant's Barbecue and talk to real business owners. Talk to real people. Don't sit behind and look at these stupid bullshit spreadsheets and telling us regurgitated lies that, oh, inflation's moderating. When you have the cost of a sandwich, the price of a sandwich go up 80% in less than a year, you got a major problem. We, my fellow connoisseurs and fellow alphas, are heading for recession. I say that's not a bad thing, because the only way we're going to destroy inflation, you have to get into a deep recession. If you've got cash, cash is king. Mark my words. If you've tried to renovate your house, or try to get workers, or try to get contractors, and you call them, oh, no, sorry, I'm, I'm six months booked out, prices are increasing, mark my words. The day of reckoning is coming. The stock market never keeps going up, up, up. The economy never keeps going up, up, up. When you have massive inflation, the only way out is, number one, to choke the money supply, raise interest rates. Do a Google search, 1970s interest rates. Take a look. Many of you that weren't around, I remember as a kid in 1970, if you wanted to get a mortgage for a house, 21-22% because inflation was rampant. Well, we've got the same inflation numbers today that we did 40 years ago. And what is the Fed doing? Well, maybe we'll have a quarter point increase, a half point. They should have raised interest rates a year ago. So now when you go in to enjoy your barbecue sandwich at Arthur Bryant's Barbecue or anywhere else you buy your lunch or your dinner and you see the cost going from 10 to 15 bucks, or a steak going from 25 bucks to 38 bucks. You can thank the clowns that are running the show in Washington. You can thank the Fed. You can thank all these economists that are clueless, that have never once probably gone into a supermarket to say, geez, look at the cost of that. Look at the price of that. No, no, no. Jay Powell, I'm sure, has a driver pick him up so he doesn't put fuel in his car. He doesn't go and do his own grocery shopping. I always said, every president, every senator, 
every bureaucrat involved in policymaking for this country should take a weekly field trip, take the same list of items, pound of bacon, gallon of milk, dozen eggs, box of cereal, pound of meat, of hamburger, pound of steak, pound of shrimp. Go and do the same things over and over, a can of SpaghettiOs. And every week go in and look at the cost. It's better than all these nonsensical reports they put together showing, oh, inflation's only up 7%, 8%. We know it's up far more than that. And the American people are getting tired of being lied to. And that's why, my fellow alphas, come November, the Democrats are deader than dead. They're finished. All you need to do is go fill up your tank. It's amazing. I'll go and fill up my tank, and I'll talk to people around, just out of curiosity. I like to strike up a conversation. I call it free consumer research. And there's nothing better than talking to a person one-on-one. -on -one. And I'll see them, and I'll see them as, they're sh as they're, the gas you know, goes up 20 bucks. They're shaking their heads. So I look at them, and I said, boy, the price of gas is crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. I said, you remember what we were paying like a year ago under President Trump? They go, oh, I sure do. Yeah, it was like 230 a gallon, 220 a gallon. It was even down to 180. I said, you mind if I ask you just a, a personal question? Uh, who'd you vote for? Now, I can tell you the number of people that have told me Biden down in Florida is rare. I just have not, I've come across maybe like three, four people. But when I ask them, I'm like, may I ask you another question? Are you independent or Democrat? One of them told me they were independent. The other two or three said, no, Democrats. I said, if you could take back your vote today, would you? Before I could finish the question, all three of them, absolutely, hell yes, damn right. And they were two women, two men. That's the best research. Just talk to people. Ask them. And by the way, white, black, they all said the same thing. People are fed up. Everything that is going on right now in this world, inflation, high energy prices, the war in Ukraine, the, the, the sieve that has become our, our border at the southern border, everything has turned to garbage in less than a year. Now, you will recall when Biden was elected, I said, mark my words, the country will, he will destroy the country in, in, in a year. I was wrong. It took him six months. Everything turned to shit in six months. Now, the number of people that are also complaining now, not just about Bidenflation, but a new phenomenon called shrinkflation. Case in point, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but if you look at the width of your toilet paper, it's, it's about, I would say, about a good three-quarters of an inch to an inch less, smaller than what it used to be. And the case in point is, when you put your toilet paper on one of the toilet paper holders, you know those little rods that have the spring, you put it in? It used to almost go end to end. And then I noticed, wait a minute, I don't have as much end to end. There's a lot more room where I see the actual, the little holder, the little spring-loaded holder. Well, what the paper manufacturers did when inflation started to hit a number of years ago they said, well, what we want to do is keep the same number, the size the same, in terms of the number of sheets, but what we'll do to, without, so we don't have to raise the price, we'll cut it down a half inch of width, then an inch. And we're seeing the same thing now taking place. Frito-Lay has announced 
that in every bag of Doritos, the large bags, they're going to put in five fewer chips. A Frito-Lay representative said, inflation is hitting everyone. We took just a little bit out of the bag so we can give you the same price and you can keep enjoying your chips. That's not the only thing. Bounty is now cutting three sheets from each roll of paper towels. A box of wheat thins now has 28 fewer crackers. Now you may look and say, oh, I'm buying the same box and it looks the same, but the weight is less, 28 fewer crackers. Everywhere you go now, we have Bidenflation and now we have shrinkflation. It is happening everywhere. Steakhouses are telling me now, I've talked to numerous restaurateurs, they're saying, listen, it's gotten to the point where we're not even going to put a 16-ounce ribeye because we would have to increase the price so dramatically that we would have blowbacks. So now, same price, but it's going to be a 12-ounce ribeye. That's the game that's being played. So you think, oh, there's not, I'm not seeing, I'm spending the same amount, but the costs are less for the restaurant. So their revenue will stay up higher, but they have less cost on that stake to keep their profit margin, even with higher costs. Games are being played everywhere. It's not Putin. This is Biden. This is the Dems. This is the Federal Reserve. And it's going to get worse before it gets better. Mark my words. Recession is around the corner. And so, too, is the International Cigar Litation and libation ceremony. I had the pleasure of knowing the late, great Avo Uvesian, the man behind the Avo lineup of cigars. And Avo had a great saying. He would tell me, savor every note. Well, one cigar that I can tell you, you will savor every puff, savor every note, is the Avo Heritage. It was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar. Strength, complexity, impeccable smoothness, nice notes of spice, if you are looking for a cigar that delivers full-bodied richness, impeccable smoothness, savor every note of the spice-laden Avo heritage. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, I have just pulled out one of my favorite cigars. Now, this cigar, made by Crowned Heads, my good buddies, Mike Condor, John Huber. I think they've been around now for over a decade. Hard to believe. Nice boutique manufacturer, great lineup. We featured them in our Cigar Dave Officers Club. Oh, by the way, speaking of the Officers Club, good news. After a three-month hiatus because of supply chain issues where we couldn't get the cigars, they were back-ordered, bands weren't available, Good news, it looks as if beginning in April, at least April, May, and June, we are set. We'll be featuring a brand new cigar, a lineup of cigars from Casa Torrent. Brand new. You're the first in the country to get these new cigars. I'll have more info on them next week. But if you are not a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, it is still $22.95 per month, but it is going up. Inflation hitting us. We've tried to hold it for the last year, and we have. We haven't raised prices in eight years. The April selection will be $22.95, then it goes up to $25.95 per month. And even if you order it in April, the price raise 
affects everybody, and we have held the line. But if you want to join the Cigar Dave Officers Club, three premium cigars shipped to you every month in a Cigar Dave Officers Club Ziploc pouch, go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, all the details, all the info is there. I've had some of the samples of this new, these new cigars from Casa Torrent. They are fantastic, and I know our Officers Club members will love them. Now, this Tennessee Waltz is a very unique cigar, has, has a unique story to it. John Huber, one of the partners of Crown Heads, told me about this interesting story. He said that the Tennessee Waltz was a song that has always been close to me. He said the song was playing in the dance hall when his maternal grandfather met his grandmother. And he says, I vividly recall my grandfather whistling that tune throughout my childhood. It was a song made very popular in 1950 by Patti Page. It's been recorded by numerous other people, uh, Otis Redding, Sam Cooke, Nora Jones. And he said that Tennessee is also near and dear to him. He met his lovely wife there, Laura, who I know very well. In fact, I remember the weekend he met her. We were actually up doing a live show. And that's well over 10 years ago, hard to believe. Crown Heads is headquartered in Nashville. Loves the people of Tennessee, so he created a cigar. Initially, was only available to retailers in the state of Tennessee. Medium to full-bodied cigar, no band on it, just a beautiful stick. It is now available across the country. Manufactured Nicaragua. It is a kinetic, features a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, so nice Maduro. The filler is Nicaraguan, as is the binder. Medium to full-bodied. It comes in one size and one size only. A five and a half by 52, actually, they call it a Toro. I consider it a Robusto. We'll call it a Rotoro. How's that? It's a Robusto, a Toro, five and a half inches in length, 52 ring gauge. Comes in boxes of 20. Very difficult to find. Suggested retail is about mm, eight and a half dollars a cigar, somewhere in that neck of the woods, eight and a half, nine. Very nice looking cigar. I still have about 10 in the box 20 that is still remaining, but just a nice blend, little bit of sweetness from the Connecticut Broadleaf. Perfect cigar to honor John's grandmother and grandfather. Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device. I just realized I forgot something. I forgot to grab my cutter from across Humidor 1A Command Center Alpha. Stand by one second. I keep it right next to the humidor in a drawer with all my cutters, and I've just pulled out one. This is a unique V-cut. This is a wedge cut. You can hear that. It's like a double-edged guillotine. Snaps out, and then, boom, one mechanism. You hit down and the cigar is properly cut. That's what I would use today on my Crown Heads Tennessee Waltz. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Well, this is from my buddies over at Alec Bradley. I call this the Bunsen burner. I don't even know what the official name for this is. It looks like a little Bunsen burner. When we were in high school and we had those little Bunsen burners in chemistry class, it's got the same type of flame. It's got, almost looks like what you would see on the top of a gas cooktop or a gas stove, where it's got a nice circular pattern, all the gas comes out, 
Again, just feels heavy. You open up, twist the lever. There's like a rod to, you can hear the gas. You press for ignition, a spark comes out. Beautiful way to light your cigar. That's what I will enjoy today. Cigar, cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Beautiful cut. Wow. This thing is powerful. Nice V-cut, cat's eye cut, wedge cut, whatever you'd like to call it. You can hear the Bunsen burner. I call it uh, the Bunsen burner. I don't even, I, every time I go to Alec Bradley, I'm like, what's the official name of that, of that lighter, that lightation device? And they tell me, and I can never remember. If you go into a retailer and say, give me that Alec Bradley Bunsen burner type of lighter, they'll know exactly what you're talking about. So let me toast the foot of this cigar. And again, if you ever needed to grill hot dogs, you were in the stranded somewhere, you put a hot dog on a stick and you, you just toast it on top of this Alec Bradley Bunsen burner type lightation device, it will cook your dog. All right, let me now puff and rotate. Hmm. Hmm, hmm. Hmm. Oh. Noticeable sweetness right off the bat. Hmm. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Perfect. Even light as I blow on the foot of the cigar. Nice amber glow. Mm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful draw. Just a nice, solid cigar. Love the size. Love the taste. Love the Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper. Mm. Nice job, my my good buddies, John and Mike over at Crowned Head Cigars. Mm. Now I need something to accompany it. Scotch, bourbon, and beer commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. I've not had Macallan single malt scotch in a while, so I decided that I would open up a bottle of Macallan Sherry Oak 12. Now this is not going to break the bank that. Not going to break the bank. This is the entry level, if you will, to McAllen. We've got a nice range. And what's interesting about this is that it is part of their Sherry Oak range, which features a single malt uh, whiskey matured exclusively in hand-picked sherry seasoned oak cask from Jerez for richness, complexity, Got some nice wood spice, some nice dried fruit, nice natural rich gold color. Let's say cheers. And now we'll take a sip. First of all, right on the nose. Oh, wow. Getting tons of vanilla. Say cheers. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Smooth, fruity, definite notes of oak, some spiciness. Mm. A lot of spice, actually. Take another sip. Mm. Very nice. Very pleasant. Mm. You're looking around 70 bucks for the bottle. And they've got a wide range of single malts that are very nice. Here's what I suggest. If you're not familiar with Macallan or any specific brand of single malt scotch whiskeys, what I suggest you do 
is go into wherever you like to, your favorite bar, your favorite cigar lounge. Tell them you'd like to do a vertical tasting. Ask them first, say, look, do you offer a vertical tasting? A flight of the various Macallans or various Balvinis. Some will, some won't. So what you do is you say, great, then you know what? This is where you get three, four guys together. Or you get a couple of dames, a couple of men. You say, great, we want a glass of this, of this, of this, of this, of this. The 12, the 18, the 25, whatever the case is. And you can each do your own vertical sampling or vertical tasting. Now, this goes very nicely. This Macallan 12 Sherry Oak goes very, very nicely with my Crown Heads Tennessee Waltz. Why? Well, both are in the medium-bodied category. So one is not going to overpower the other. I'm getting sweetness from the Crown Heads Tennessee Waltz, and I'm getting some very nice fruitiness with some oak and a hint of spice, significant spice, but it blends very nicely. So they both complement each other. Hmm. Outstanding. Mm. My cigar is lit as I take one sip, another sip of my Macallan 12. Mm. I say cheers. Outstanding. All right, when we come back, we'll have a visit not only by Katanji Brown Jackson, the Supreme Court nominee, and what she had to say about women, or didn't say about women, during her Senate confirmation hearing, but also our one of our favorite drama queens of all time, Cory Booker of New Jersey, will be joining us, and so too will the Master Thespian. Master Thespian Sir Davidus Generalis will be joining for some very entertaining broadcast maneuvers question I receive most from connoisseurs. General, what is the newest cigar that I should try? Easy answer. Right now, it's the Gurkha Revenant. Very unique addition to the Gurkha portfolio. It comes in two different wrappers, a Corojo or a San Andrean Maduro wrapper. But what is unique about the Gurkha Revenant? It uses essentially the same Cameroon binder and some broadleaf in the filler. So you're going to get some unique sweetness. You're going to get some unique spice. The San Andres Maduro wrapper adds more sweetness with a little bit more of a unique complexion, whereas the Corojo, more of a medium-bodied balanced smoke. Try one of each. You can't go wrong. The brand-new Gurkha Revenant, available in Corojo and San Andres Maduro wrapper. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. This week, the... Nominee, the presidential nominee for the Supreme Court, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, had three days of Senate confirmation hearings. Some very interesting developments took place. First up, Senator Marsha Blackburn, Republican of Tennessee, was questioning the nominee, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, and let me give you just a quick background. Katanji Brown Jackson, black, in case you do not know she's black, which we could care less whether she's white or black, makes no difference to us. All we want is somebody that's competent. I think from Miami originally, she attended Harvard undergrad and Harvard Law School. So was on the Harvard campus for seven years. And the reason I bring this up is because if you attend Harvard, you would think that you would have some semblance of intelligence. You would think 
Now, I've met plenty of people that have graduated from Harvard, both undergrad and law, that have the common sense of a pet rock. They have none. Unless it's in a book, they are clueless. Now, this week, during the confirmation hearing, Senator Marsha Blackburn wanted to query her, number one, on some past court rulings. Specifically, there was one court ruling. I believe it involved Virginia Military Academy or, or uh, Virginia, I, I believe it was Virginia Military Academy or, or somewhere, somewhere along those lines, whereby one of the previous deceased justices of the Supreme Court, Ruth, Gator, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, applied a ruling and it had to do with males and females, men and women. So Marshall Blackburn initially asked her about that ruling. Hit it. Do you agree with Justice Ginsburg that there are physical differences between men and women that are enduring? Um, Senator, respectfully, I am not familiar with that particular quote or case, okay. so it's hard for me. That pause you heard was not us stopping the digital audio file. That was Brown Jackson trying to figure out what she should say. Are there differences between males and females? Why is that so hard to say, yes, there is? She had to think about it. She had to come up with this cockamamie excuse. Well, I'm not familiar with the case. I don't care what the case was about. If you are asked, are there differences between males and females, the answer is yes. Now, this is the doozy that everybody has heard, you know, the shock heard around the world. When she followed up to her question about Judge Ginsburg's meaning of men and women as male and female, Senator Blackburn wanted to query Brown-Jackson about the definition of the word woman. Pretty easy question, nothing controversial, right? Not so fast. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N not in okay. this context. So I'm you not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition. Now, the nominee went on to say that as my work as a judge, I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, people make arguments. I look at the law and I decide, excuse me, Katanji Brown. What the, hell, what the hell's her name? Let's see. Katanji Brown Jackson went to Harvard for four years undergrad, three years Harvard Law, and she can't answer the question defining what is a woman? And then she says, I'm not a biologist? Please, let's not insult the uh, intelligence of every American in this country. It is almost nauseating, if not insulting, that Brown Jackson can't answer a very simple question. Let's hear that one more time. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. 
You can't? N- not in okay. this context. So I'm you not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? I would have followed up by asking Brown Jackson, are you a woman? And if she would have said, well, I can't answer that question, she would have buried herself even further. We all know what a woman is. You don't need to be a veterinarian to know what a dog is, do you? You don't need to be a chef to know what a pizza is. You don't need to be an astronomer to know when the sun is shining. But this is what has taken place now within the ultra-radical Democrat Party. As you know, I believe there are three genders, male, female, and freak. And the Democrat Party is now catering to the freak element of the gender equation. Now, I went and I wanted to decide. Now, I know what a woman is. I don't need to definitely. Basically, you could say, okay, well, a woman is a female, okay, who, if you want to be scientific, has a vagina, has ovaries, and usually larger breasts than men. Not always, but virtually all the time. Here is the Merriam-Webster definition of a woman. 1A, an adult female person. B, a woman belonging to a particular category as by birth, residence, membership, or occupation, usually used in combination. For example, council woman. Pretty simple. An adult female person. Okay, well, let's look at what is a female. Here's the definition. Of relating to or being the sex that typically has the capacity to bear young or produce eggs. In a, uh, uh, produce eggs. Now, it's also used in botany, having or producing only pistils or pistillate flowers, a female holly, female inflor, uh, inflorescences. Having a gender identity that is opposite of the male. I mean, this is pretty common sense. From the time we're kids, this is a man, this is a woman, this is a boy, this is a girl. We, almost asking for a definition is overkill. Yet Katanji Brown Jackson is too stupid after seven years of attending Harvard and Harvard Law to provide the definition of a woman because she's not a biologist. What she is is an ultra-radical. She will absolutely legislate from the bench. She is on the board of a private school the Georgetown Day School, a private school in the Washington, D.C. area, where they teach CRT, critical race theory. Of course she's radical. Now, I say this. I believe Katanji Brown Jackson is a racist. How can I say that? Well, she's married to a white man. Isn't it discriminatory because she is excluding black men? from potential marriage, we could make that argument, right? Because today, everything in the Democrat Party has some sort of racist or gender identity tilt. Everything the Democrat Party does today has to be controversial. You can't just say, well, a man 
Let me give you, what's the definition of an American man? He's a penile American. What's the definition of a female American, a woman American, American woman? Oh, simple. That's a vaginal American. How's that? There's your definitions. But to stumble and mumble and, and not be able to answer the question, please. Because she doesn't want to offend the Democrats because now she is an ultra-liberal, a radical Democrat. And the Democrats believe that everything is about gender. Let's let supposed girls or women that still have a penis, a tallywhacker, let them that are 6'4", you know, whatever, let them compete on female swim teams for female competition. This is nonsense. There are three genders, male, female, and freak. If you're offended by that, too fucking bad. I don't really care. And I'll tell you, the overwhelming majority of Americans are fed up with this nonsensical bullshit about genders and transgender, quadragender, queer gender, LGBTQ plus minus GLMNOP. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. And then wanting to teach all that LGBTQIA plus LMNOP, quadrisexual, multigestural, transgender shit in grade school, they think that's a winning issue? Good fucking luck. Because come November, the Democrats are, are done. They're finished. They're toast. Sayonara. Stick a fork in them. Because Americans are fed up. Even normal Democrats, reasonable Democrats with half a brain are fed up with this gender-based politics, with everything being racist, with everything being, being a slight against some gender group. It's not a winning argument. They think it is, but they are wrong. Now, I think Ketanji Brown-Jackson, an ultra-radical, will probably win. I don't think, I think she may get one or two Republican votes. Susan Collins, probably. But I think many of the others, especially what came out about her very light sentencing of pedophiles, I think that's going to harm her with many Republicans. She will pass. She will win the nomination. She will, she will uh, uh, be approved to sit on the Supreme Court, but I believe it will be probably the narrowest margin in American history. Rightfully so. And the Democrats don't want to release 50,000 pages of her rulings going back and, and, and her cases as a, as a private attorney, as a public defender? Why is that? Because they're hiding things. And of course, leave it to the libstream media and leave it to the libs and the dems to attack the Republicans, saying that the Republicans questioning Katanji Brown-Jackson in the manner they did is racist. Of course, everything is racist. If you tell somebody, you know what, I don't want to shoot these pictures in color, I want to shoot them in black and white, oh, you're a racist. Everything is about racism today. You voted for Trump, you're a racist. You eat meat, you're a racist. You smoke cigars, you're a racist. Everything is racism today. When I went to college, I'll never forget this. 
1982, freshman year. Floor I lived on, I don't know, maybe there was 50 guys on the floor. Well, it was, it was, it was co-ed by floor. So we had all males. When we knew what males were and men were, we didn't, have, didn't need a definition for that. There were, I think, probably 50 guys on the floor. We had maybe there were seven, eight that were black. We all got along, every one of us. When one of us would want to go out to uh, grab a bite or get a late night, hey, you guys want to join? We're going for pizza. You want to, want to grab? We're going over to Marshall Street to get some beers. Yeah, yeah, we're coming along. Great. We all got along. There was no division. There was never once in one year any racism from one group to the other, ever. Everybody got along. And it's amazing. I'll never forget Jesse Jackson, my freshman year at Syracuse, was speaking uh, at uh, Hendricks Chapel. And there was room for maybe, I don't know, 1,500 people. And it was pretty much open. If you wanted to go, you just went. And I went to a whole bunch of guys. I said, hey, Jesse Jackson's speaking later today. You guys going to go? Yeah. We had, I think, maybe six guys from our, our floor. I think there were maybe three whites, three black guys. We listened. By the way, nobody booed Jesse Jackson. Nobody dissed him. Nobody was disrespectful. Nobody protested. I didn't agree with everything he said. But I didn't jump up and down and get rude and get, get, get angry and demand that he leave the campus. Nobody did. We were respectful. We listened to what he had to say. When he was done, we all looked and said, hey, you guys want to go to Marshall Street? Let's go grab a bite. Great. And you know what we did for the next hour, hour and a half? We talked about what he had to said. We debated it. We were respectful. Some of the things I said, yeah, you know, I did agree with him on this, but I got to tell you, on this, this, and this, I disagreed. We went back and forth. We had a nice spirited debate. There was never any racial animus. There was never any anger. Because division was created over the last maybe 20 years by the Democrats, specifically the last 10 years, to divide this country. They think it's a winner to divide this country, to call everybody racist, to, to go after anybody that has an opinion differ, differing from theirs, then you must be racist. People are fed up with that bullshit. They've had it. And I speak what many people are afraid to speak. You won't hear that on many mainstream or libstream media outlets because people are, oh, that's too controversial. You can't say that. I say it. There are three gen... Male, female, and freak. If you want to uh, uh, change your gender, be my guest. But I'm sorry. There's a male, there's a female, and there's freaks. And if you want to have a special athletic category for colleges for freaks to compete in, great. Then we'll have male sports, female sports, and freak sports that they can compete in. That'll level the playing field. Katanji Brown-Jackson, by Republicans questioning her legitimately, legitimately about her record, her cases, her beliefs, 100% legitimate. You'll recall what the Democrats did when Kavanaugh was undergoing his Senate confirmation. Uh, 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 Judge Kavanaugh. How many beers did you have? Did you like beer? Uh, did you drink beer during the day when you were 18, when you were 21? Do you drink beer now? Uh, how many, how many uh, beers did you... That went on and on and on. That was off 
the topic. That was beyond the scope of what was being discussed, his, quality, his, his qualifications. Now, if a Republican went on to say, now, Ms. Brown-Jackson, let me ask you, tell me about your drinking habits. Have you ever smoked cigars? Have you ever smoked cigarettes? Have you ever smoked a pipe? Do you smoke crack? Do you smoke uh, uh, weed? Have you ever used drugs? Yeah, that's, that, that would be what I would say off the beaten path. That's inappropriate. But by questioning her about her case rulings, her representation of terrorists at Guantanamo, and that's not illegal, she can do that, and continuing to represent them after, pro bono, after she was no longer a public defender, that's legitimate. Nobody has a problem or should have a problem asking legitimate questions. Only the Democrats seem to have problems. Well, the Democrats are a problem because mentally, you have to remember one thing. Liberalism is a mental disease with no known cure. As they say in the South, bless their hearts, they have a disease with no known cure. That's liberalism. And every time they keep adding to the fire, more fuel to the fire with trying to promote quadrisexuals, multisexuals, try to increase the division of race between whites and blacks and Asians and Hispanics. Every time they do that, they keep digging their own hole. So keep doing it, Democrats. Don't stop. Not today, not ever. Because come November, you will get whacked. Now, of course, there was one man we can always count on. The drama queen himself, with another Oscar award performance, Cory Booker, of course, took some of his time to have another Spartacus moment. It is my Spartacus moment. I'm Cory Booker. What are you talking about, closet? I'm in the I'm not coming out of the closet. I have a girlfriend. Sure you do. That's the worst kept secret in America when he was running for president talking about his girlfriend. Look, I don't care what your sexual persuasion is, but who are you kidding, Corey? Everybody knows it. And everybody knows what a great drama performer and drama queen you are. So during the Senate confirmation hearing, Cory Booker had one of his fine performances, his award-winning performances, getting overly dramatic. And that calls, after hearing what the performance of Cory Booker, I felt it was only appropriate. We welcome back Master Thespian Sedavidus Generalis for his take on Cory Booker's award-winning performance. I shall play cuts now of Cory Booker's statements, and I, Master Thespian, shall enhance and embellish what the drama queen himself had to state. You got here how every black woman in America who's gotten anywhere has done by being <laughs> like Ginger Rogers said, I did everything Fred Astaire did, but backwards in heels. How I so love Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire. And speaking of heels, Cory Booker, at the moment, deep down, felt an inner need to buy a pair of Louis Lebetons so he could wear heels and parade around and prance as the man he has always wanted to be. Ginger Rogers, Fred Astaire, 
In the context of the great Katanji Brown Jackson on the Supreme Court, we need more performers on the Supreme Court. I would love to see a thespian as justice on the Supreme Court. And I want to tell you, when I look at you, this is why I get emotional. This reminds me of the great Whitney Houston ballad. I get so emotional, baby, every time I look at you. I get so emotional. My heart pounds. My loins swell. I see you, Judge Katanji Brown Jackson, and I see within me the makings of a mediocre justice. I see my ancestors and yours. I see our ancestors together way back, breaking bread, sipping and imbuing with wine, singing song, dancing, and enjoying each other's company. I see it, I feel it, the emotions are erupting within me because I know our families are deep in a spirits connected. Nobody's going to steal the joy of that woman in the street or the calls that I'm getting or the texts. Nobody's going to steal that joy. I shall not allow any of the hoodlums that are stealing in malls, jewelry stores, cars. I will not allow them to steal the text messages, the calls of support I have received about you, my dear judge. I shall not allow it. I will allow my body to lay in the street and be smitten before I allow any enemy to take from me and from my cellular phone the voice messages and texts so complimentary of you. But don't worry, my sister. Don't worry. My sister. God has got you. And how do I know that? Because you're here. And I know what it's taken for you to sit in that seat. The Lord hath you within his bosom. And I know the trek the distance traveled to sit in that very chair from your home in the Washington suburbs to Capitol Hill, all of five and a half miles. I know the quest to sit in that chair, this leather chair, not pleather, real leather, Corinthian leather that the late, great Ricardo Maltelban would say, this fine Corinthian leather that will was once in a Chrysler Cordoba is now in a chair that you, Katanji Brown Jackson, are sitting in. I see that leather chair. I see you in the chair. And I envision you on a chair in the Supreme Court. However, if it comes this, if it cometh that you are voted down. I will once again look at that chair as an empty chair and hope that President Biden appoints someone not as dim-witted as you that could not answer a simple question after seven years of Harvard University 
and the Harvard Law School that very difficult question, what thou is a woman? What thou is a woman? And now, as I look at that chair, I realize that chair does not belong with you in it. It deserves a justice with tremendous legal jurisprudence and knowledge to be able to answer simple questions. What is a woman? What is a dame? What is a female? Thou hast no hell like a woman scorned, unable to answer the simplest of questions. Today you're my star. You are my harbinger of hope. That wonderful artiste, Madonna, had a song called Lucky Star. And it recalls, I recall her singing, you must be my lucky star. You must be my lucky bright star. You are a star. You should have your star in the walk of fame. Not only I, but you too, Cory Booker. You deserve a star on the walk of fame. You are a star. You are a bright light. You have come from the heavens shining down to sit as a justice on the Supreme Court and spread your wings with light for all of America to see with your vast, raging liberalism. This country is getting better and better and better. Better, better, stronger, Faster, we can rebuild him. We can make him better. Yes, the six million dollar man would be just as noble to sit in that chair. However, we could never rebuild the six million dollar man to have your mind, your brilliant legal genius, your ability to dodge simple questions. Oh, I say that no other man or woman hath ever come before this Senate committee to dodge as evasively as you, my dear. And when that final vote happens and you ascend onto the, onto the highest court in the land, I'm gonna rejoice. I will rejoice. Tears shall be flowing from my puffy eyes. My innards will be oozing, oozing with pride. My insides will be incapable of holding it in. I will exclaim with joy. I will come running out of my closet wearing my Lebaton high heel shoes that you are now on the high court. I cannot simply suppress my emotions any further. This is amongst the most spiritual times for all America to see 
And you, Katanji Brown Jackson, you are the source of pride, not just heterosexual pride, but in my case, gay pride, for all of America to celebrate. And I'm gonna tell you right now, the greatest country in the world, the United States of America, will be better because of you. Thank you. The greatest country on the land, on the world, in the planet, in the universe, the United States of America. But you, Corey, you, you do not believe in the greatness of America. You believe America to be a colonizing evil power. But I shall overlook that. For your serenade to Ketanji Brown Jackson provides me so much angst and so much emotion, raw power. It is coming from my chest. Can you hear my chest? You can hear it from my chest. The passion that is oozing. But I will be so proud when you sit on that Supreme Court and I, once again, return to the great stage as I, Master Thespian, Sir Davidus Generalis, yearn to go where I belong, to treat all of America and the entire world with drama, with performing arts, with the greatness and the ease of the great drama queen, Corey Booker. That is all from your master thespian. Thank you. I had the pleasure of knowing the late, great Avo Uvesian, the man behind the Avo lineup of cigars. And Avo had a great saying. He would tell me, savor every note. Well, one cigar that I can tell you, you will savor every puff, savor every note, is the Avo Heritage. It was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar. Strength, complexity, impeccable smoothness, nice notes of spice. If you are looking for a cigar that delivers full-bodied richness, impeccable smoothness, savor every note of the spice-laden Avo heritage. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Be sure to subscribe to our brother podcast, Bold Alpha, where we talk the alpha male lifestyle, including cigars, libations, technology, grilling, politics, and more. Search Bold Alpha anywhere you listen to podcasts and hit subscribe. Question I receive most from connoisseurs. General, what is the newest cigar that I should try? Easy answer. Right now, it's the Gurkha Revenant. Very unique addition to the Gurkha portfolio. It comes in two different wrappers, a Corojo or a San Andrean Maduro wrapper. But what is unique about the Gurkha Revenant? It uses essentially the same Cameroon binder and some broadleaf in the filler. So you're going to get some unique sweetness. You're going to get some unique spice. The San Andres Maduro wrapper adds more sweetness with a little bit more of a unique complexion, whereas the Corojo, more of a medium-bodied balance smoke. Try one of each. You can't go wrong. The brand-new Gurkha Revenant, available in Corojo and San Andres Maduro wrapper. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. Many thanks to Master Thespian Sir Davidus Generalis making his triumphant comeback, visiting us once again. When Cory Booker 
happens to perform with such magnificence, Master Thespian Sir Davidus Generalis must come to the party as well. New York City, one giant shithole. Crime, massive, just dirtiness on the streets. It is a long cry from when Rudy Giuliani was the mayor. And even though Bill de Blasio has left the building the stroke of midnight, January 1, 2022, he was replaced by Eric Adams, the current mayor who, as I affectionately refer to as Bill de Blasio II. They are actually brothers. We have a white de Blasio and we have a black de Blasio, both incompetent, both incredibly not in tune with what is taking place in the city, both clueless. They are indeed bosom brothers. They are two peas in a pod. New York City is raging with crime. Homelessness on the streets, rampant crime, people getting shoved in front of subway, subway cars, people getting assaulted. I just saw this week a nine-year-old in Central Park sucker punched by some criminal. You've got no cash bail where criminals are being released. It is a giant cesspool. New York City has become a third world shithole. That's fact. And now instead of Eric Adams saying my number one priority is to make New York safe again, his priority is to decide what school children will be able to consume. Now he has added a vegan day, I think vegan Friday, there's meatless Monday, but now there's gonna be vegan because Eric Adams, a number of years ago, decided to go vegan. So now he is like a, you know, he's reborn. He's gotta tell everybody else and proselytize everyone else to become a vegan. This guy is such a lightweight. It's hard to imagine in a city of 11 million people, that's the best mayoral candidate that could that could win i mean the, the best the best per, 11 million people and they come up with this schmuck incompetent all about the look big hat no cattle loves to look the part loves to wear the nice suits totally empty inside clueless so what is he doing is he trying to stop the crime in new york city is that his priority try to get the homeless off the streets, deal with that ridiculous cashless bail situation? No. His priority is to ban flavored milk in New York City schools. He is banning chocolate milk. Ooh, it's so evil. When I was a kid, we drank chocolate milk. Yeah, it's got sugar in there. Okay. But it tasted good. Sometimes people don't want to, kids don't want to drink regular milk, and there's some important nutrients. Well, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, who represents the North Country and parts of upstate New York, central New York, really, and the North Country is from Albany North into the Adirondacks. She stated that our dairy farmers work hard to produce nutritious milk for our communities. Flavored milk is one of the best ways for kids to gain essential dairy nutrients. I will continue to work to increase milk access for students across New York public schools. Over two-thirds 
of milk served in New York State schools is flavored. And it's an essential way for kids to get the nutrients they need. New York, people don't realize this, is a huge agricultural state. Huge. You think of New York, everybody thinks of New York City. New York is a large state. Drive along the thruway, I-90, go from Buffalo, drive all the way down to New York. You take it all the way, I-90 all the way down, and what you will see are farms, rolling hills, dairy farms, corn farms, you name it, agriculture all over the place. Big dairy producer, uh, big cheese companies are in New York. It's an important part of the economy. If you're telling me that the number one priority for a mayor of New York is to eliminate chocolate milk in schools compared to dealing with crime, take a poll on that, and I guarantee chocolate milk will come in dead last with 0.00% of people giving a shit. They don't care. What they care about is driving in their car and then all of a sudden getting carjacked or walking and getting robbed or getting shoved in front of a subway train. It just goes to show Democrats are dipshits. They are dipshit Democrats, D squared, double D. Because instead of focusing on things that are important, items that are significant to the lives of their citizens, they always have to focus on items that are extraneous, that are irrelevant. Perfect example. Nobody gives a damn about chocolate milk in schools. Kids like chocolate milk, keep serving it. Great. Wonderful. Parents don't have to serve it at home. But to make that your number one priority and avoid dealing with crime, that is why I say that Eric Adams is nothing but Bill de Blasio 2.0. Disaster. New York, Chicago, L.A., every city that's being run by Dems right now are third world shithole cities. By the way, before we wrap it up here, talking going back to Ketanji Brown Jackson during her Senate confirmation hearing, when Marsha Blackburn asked the question if she could provide a definition for the word woman, I forgot to mention this. USA Today published an op-ed piece with the headline, Marsha Blackburn asked Ketanji Brown Jackson to define woman. Science says there's no simple answer. Really. Here's what it says. Scientists, gender law, gender law scholars, and philosophers of biology said Jackson's response was commendable, though perhaps misleading. It's useful, they say, that Jackson suggested science could help answer Blackburn's question, but they note that a competent biologist would not be able to offer a definitive answer either. Scientists agree there is no sufficient way to clearly define what makes someone a woman, and with billions of women on the planet, there is much variation. Excuse me? Scientists, gender law scholars, philosophers of biology have a tough time answering what a woman is? It's actually pretty simple. Now, if you're born with a penis, you are a male. If you are born with a vajayjay, you are a female. But USA Today says that is simply not the case. Gender experts say that it's more complex than that. No, it really isn't. But you see, these ultra-nutcase, ultra-liberal, ultra-wackadoodle loons 
desire to make it controversial and to make it complicated. It's very simple. A good friend of mine said, life is a very simple game. The problem is people try to complicate it. Here is exhibit A. We know what a woman is. We know what a man is. When a baby is born, they look down. The, the OBGYN looks down and says, yep, there's a JJ or there is a penis. There we go. We, congratulations, you have a boy or you have a girl. They don't say, well, we're not sure. It could be a transgender, multisexual, quadrisexual gender. We're not sure about it. We're not sure if they identify as, 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 as cisgender, quadrigender, multigender. Please, boys and girls. And they become adults. We always had males and females, but now we have males, females, and freaks. I rest my case. As you can tell, I think I state what almost 95% of America think. I'd say more than 99%. We're tired of the gender bullshit. We're tired of the racist bullshit. We're tired of the division bullshit. We're tired of making everything complicated and everything a controversy. Come November, the Democrats will understand that very well. Because for them, it will be bye-bye, one-way ticket out of Washington. Can't happen fast enough. Don't forget, if you want more information on the Cigar Dave Officers Club, go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and uh, $22.95, you can subscribe. It does go up for everyone come May 1st, $25.95. We've kept it the same, I think, at least 10 years. But thanks to Biden inflation, we have no choice. But I assure you, it is still a tremendous value relative to what you get. Come uh, for the uh, April selection, we'll have the brand new Casa Torrent cigars that our Officers Club members will be the first in the country to enjoy. With that, Cigar Dave the General saying, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ash, be extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Live it up and screw the gender complications the Democrats are injecting into American life. Males, females, freaks, end of story. Bye-bye.